My guest today is the VP of IT Support Manager for People's Bank out on the West Coast. Megan Engels is an Invigate customer, an experienced IT leader who's making IT accessible for everyone. Megan has a long tenure with People's Bank, getting in at the ground level, working her way up, and eventually making it into IT. She's got over 20 years of experience at People's Bank and almost 15 in IT. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences, powered by Invigate. So Megan, welcome to Ticket Volume. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, excellent. So let's get into it right away. You're a support manager. So what do you like about the service desk? What keeps you coming back to work every week? The people. I love the people. I love that it's like working in the ER without any blood. Um, it's just, there's never, you never double do a day, ever. Yeah. That's probably why I've done it for so, so long. Isn't that great? I, that is one of the things that I've always liked about it too. There's always a challenge. There's always a puzzle. It's strange, actually. It's not common that people connect the dots between tech work and people. Once you get into IT support, you start to realize it is. It's all communication all day long. Yes. I had an intern a couple years ago. He was a fed up psychologist. And I mean, nothing will make you feel more self-conscious than having your intern be a psychologist, but I, he was amazing. He's like, I can't fix people, but I can fix computers. And there was just such a human element to everything he brought to support. It was, it was beautiful. So, I mean, it was, he was great. That's really good. Some things that people have said behind your back, um, because your reputation precedes you, is that you're a great uh, leader of change. So let's talk about that a little bit, because that's another huge aspect of support is that change is always happening. We're always dealing with change, whether it's literally change requests or if it's like organizational change or platform change. What inspires you and drives you to change differently? I always know we can do it better. I know it almost feels like painting the Golden Gate Bridge sometimes, like you're never really done. And if you are not just have change and a change adoption at your core, I think it can feel a little daunting that way. But I mean, for me, that's inspiring. You can always do it better. Where you are now, you might look back at five years from that and be like, oh, my goodness, did I use a crayon there? We could do this so much better. And I love to partner with people. I think my favorite thing is when somebody doesn't have that predefined answer in their head and you get to come alongside them and figure that out together that's my absolute favorite I'm a lifelong learner I'm always looking and reading and how can we do it better and that's that's what drives me and service desk has been a great partner for that one of the things I love the absolute most is I can have the craziest ideas and I shoot them off to the support team and they will Sometimes they'll call, which is always just shocking. You know, when you're not used to working with organizations, they do not call you to say, hey, what were you thinking here? Or, you know, let's talk this out. And either they will get there together or they'll say, hey, this is not the direction we're going with this software. And I deeply respect that with them, that they are so protective of the vision of their own product, but they are more than accommodating to try to help me get to where I want to be in some sort of a change fashion. So I, I love working with them. Got it. Yeah. 
That's totally true. I, I used to say all the time when I was working on a help desk, I wish I could freeze time and then fix a bunch of stuff and then hit play again. There really is. There's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's all this I room wish. for improvement. Yes. Yeah, it's everywhere you look, you could do something better. So you talked about a project that you've got going on recently around training. So what are you working on? Okay, I forget what leadership book we read, but we do have a leadership book club here at work. And it was right before the pandemic. And I remember being so excited. And there was this list of references that you could read in the back of the book. And they were like, oh, 10 things that I did to, you know, continue on with my career. Mm -hmm. And one of them was trailhead.com, which is hosted by Salesforce. And I don't know what possessed me because 2020 was awfully busy, especially if you were in IT. And I did go and check it out. And once I saw that, I think that something that goes back to that change topic is you have your ideas and some kind of, you just shelve them and they're never really gone, but sometimes they will flash to the front of your brain when you realize that, oh my goodness, that idea and that platform align and this is what I want this to look like. And I remember seeing that and we have always been content creators, whether it be written or you know, just very rudimentary videos for training people because in service desk, any kind of pre-canned training or videos not only saves you time, the agent's time, the employee's time, but it creates that level of consistency with your answer. So, you know, you're not getting an agent with zero coffee that's like, okay, do click, 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 and they missed, you know, three steps in there or making it far too complicated. You're creating that consistent user experience. And I'm very big into the user experience. But once I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, like we need to do this. We need to really push that digital content. So we're creating a position for a digital learning specialist. And I sent off my proof of concept for that today. And I'm, I'm so, so excited. That's great. You know, you've hit the nail on the head for something that a lot of people overlook or that gets skipped a lot of times, but that is a large part of what service and support is, is content creation. And so often it gets skipped, it, it gets brushed under the rug. It's like, oh, if you have extra time, write a knowledge article. And sometimes there are people who are the cowboys or martyrs of the service desk that are like really devoting far too much time doing all this content. But it really is. It's so valuable. It provides the organization with that standard process, standard procedure. And if you're any fan of the checklist manifesto, I mean, this is what knowledge is all about. So good, good for you. And for those of you listening who don't have a digital learning specialist, now is your call to action. This is something you should be investing in. For sure. And I think if you have one, you're going to move the needle on your training inside your department and your in your organization and you'll probably retain those employees better or you know since so much of the workforce needs to be upskilled and with everything going evergreen and constantly changing you know there used to be that benchmark for IT to say okay we're going to let you have x on x there that doesn't happen anymore like i'm going to get the update on a different day than my colleague versus a different day than someone else in my department we have lost our control over that and there's a lot of good that comes with that but we we miss those training opportunities and it went so fast there for a little bit that really 85 percent of the workforce doesn't know how to use it properly 
Wow. That's interesting. So do you do actual measurements of that? Like you'll actually see digital tool adoption, that sort of thing. Yeah, How are you tracking absolutely. that? Absolutely. And I do a lot of reading about it. I'm, it's like this weird passion project of mine on the side. Oh, that's great. I think that's fantastic. So do you meet commonly with end users and do interviews? Absolutely. Absolutely. I talk to anyone that will talk to me, people in elevators. I, I will talk to anyone and say, you know, hey, how about this? Or you can even just so much you can learn from just how observing how they're working. And then I love a one on one. So I'll talk to them. And I'm always so big on calling people when they put in the ticket. I'll be like, oh, hey, do you got a second? We can talk through it. Because anybody that calls people know that, yes, they lead in with their one question, but then they'll have about 15 others that they'll ask you once you get them on the phone. But you can start piecing together not only their learning style, their working style. Are they too busy? Have they just done it because they've always done it this way? Are they averse to a change? And you can start talking that out. And I think the thing, even with my staff is, you know, they're, they're younger people, right? And they're just like, well, I feel more comfortable just writing it back. And lots of times that's okay. But sometimes you really do need to understand kind of the heart behind the hold back, you know, what's, what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part of those soft skills that we're always trying to make sure agents are trained on and service desk mm -hmm. managers are trained on. I love that. So I'm going to throw you a couple of ringers that we didn't talk about. But okay, Let's talk about your organization a little bit. What teams do you have providing support? Do you segregate service desk from desk side support? How are you uh, organized? Oh, I love this one. Okay, so we are about 500 people in total. Of those 500 people, almost half of them are support agents in some subset. So we have a huge service desk family. And even amongst those people, people use their service desk so differently. And that was one of the the beautiful things about finding this product is because it can be so varied and so multi-tenant that, you know, HR never touches IT and IT never touches retail, you know, because we're a financial institution. But you can still pass tickets seamlessly through it. It's, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. I, I love it so, so much. And it's so easy and intuitive to use. But yeah, a huge, huge subset of our user base is an agent, but also a customer. Yeah. And then do you have like field service agents? Are there people like, how are you doing uh, distribution of laptops and workstations? Is there a separate team for that? Or is that part of your service? Desk? No. So IT is kind of broken into two groups. So my group is the larger group and I oversee our obsolescence program. So that's the laptop and hardware replacement. We do all of the end user support. We do all the user onboarding and offboarding. That's what my team does. And then there's the IT, uh, you know, director, and that's my boss. And then he does a lot of the audit work and budget planning and all that good fun paper stuff, pay all the vendor bills that I spend, I pass to him. Um, and then he oversees our sysadmins. So we do have a few of those on staff as well. And they will rarely bounce in or out of the service desk. It's, it's rare. But for the most part, my team handles all the daily in and out stuff. We're, we're responsible for making sure everybody has a great day here. <laughs> Just that. Yeah, no pressure. No pressure no at pressure. all. We'll be fine. 
Uh, I actually put that in a presentation recently about surveys, and I said, if you're asking people how satisfied they are, make sure that they're actually happy in their job, because that can have a large impact on how they answer that question. Uh, that's very true. <laughs> so what would you say to people that are trying to make a career in IT? Say they're starting at a bank, and they want to get into IT, and they want to climb that career ladder. What advice would you give people? I would say have a driving approach to it. Like you always want to be moving forward. And yes, some of that historical knowledge is great. But the farther you go down the road, you will then have that historical knowledge. I remember starting out and I started with someone that had been in the department for 17 years. There was no way I was ever going to catch her. But what I could do is focus so passionately on the new projects and initiatives coming in that I became that expert and then I was able to move myself forward. So whenever somebody's new to the department, I say, hey, don't worry too much about that other step. Focus on the new stuff coming in because in IT, we have that beautiful opportunity where so much new is coming in all the time. Just give yourself like six to nine months and nobody will know the difference. Like you're gonna be fine. And I would say, you know, work hard work hard and you're going to be just fine. Oh, that's such good advice. I mean, it really is, you know, don't don't get bogged down by the constant noise that's always happening, but focus on on what's providing value, focus on the new and really don't be afraid to sink your teeth in cuz that's really where you're going to make a name for yourself and and grow your reputation within the organization and the department. Absolutely. And ask your questions. It's really, really, really important to not sit there and just hold them because you assume everybody at the table knows. Every single time I've kind of held back and been like, oh man, this is going to sound really dumb, but I need to know because it's important for me to know this answer. And I ask, and then three other people are like, yeah, I was wondering that same thing. So don't be scared. Just be bold. Be fearless. Don't preface with, with this is going to be a stupid question. Don't do that. Just ask your question. Awesome. So true. So Megan, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more? What, what sort of call to action would you promote to our audience? Are you hiring? Should they try to find People's Bank? We are fully staffed right now. I am always looking for interns. I do believe that's important. I think that you should uh, date your job before you get into it, if at all possible, to make sure that uh, you like it before you commit. And really, if you are looking to get into IT, look for either a paid or free internship. It's really really valuable. And if you could go there for a quarter or at least a couple months just to really see it, because I think initially it always ends up looking kind of like, you know, a house showing, right? Everything's always beautiful. The pillows are on the couch and, you know, give IT six hours and the pillows are no longer on the couch. <laughs> Something's broken. You know, it's just a, it's a hot mess some days, but it's a different hot mess every day. So, you know, make sure you get in there and, you know, check out your team too, because it's, it's important. I think IT almost more than any other team, maybe, maybe an HR team, like there's a lot that can happen and it's a very, very stressful, high pressure job. Those people matter. They deeply matter. Well, you heard it here first. Try out your job before you take it. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for being on. You're so welcome. It was my pleasure. And for the rest of our audience, thanks for hitting play and I'll see you around the way.
I'm your host, Matt Barron. You can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn as Matt Barron. Subscribe to Ticket Volume on your favorite podcast platforms, and don't forget to send us reviews and feedback. We love hearing from our listeners. And thank you for listening to Ticket Volume, a podcast powered by Invigate.